Welcome to the Restore Yourself podcast. I am your host, Timothy Patrick, a teacher of spiritual awakening, a personal breakthrough coach, and a divine channel of universal wisdom. And I'm here to help you live your most authentic life, live your most exciting, rewarding, fulfilling life. And you might ask, okay, that sounds great. How do I do that? (laughs) Well, to me, it's all about connecting back to the heart and the soul, the wisdom that already lives within us, that you could say lives within our heart, lives within our gut. And to me, the intuition, for me, the intuition lives somewhere in between those two places. And that's where I have found my greatest guidance in this life whenever life has invited me to make some changes, (laughs) or I just knew I was ready for something new. I've always found the answer in my heart, in my intuition, in my soul. And so I help people in a very busy world, a world that I often hear people say that they're very, very, very busy going, going, going. I help people learn how to slow down and listen to their heart again. Because to me, that's where the answers live. The answers, the answers that we're seeking in our lives for the clarity, for the permission to move forward, to move in the direction that feels most like us, move in the direction of our joy, our fulfillment, our ultimate contribution to this planet, to each other, to humanity. To me, all of those answers live within our heart. So that's why I make this podcast. (laughs) That's why I host interviews uh, from time to time. And today I actually have an interview for you, which I am so enthused, so incredibly enthused to bring to you. It is with a dear sister, a dear friend, soul sister, (laughs) soul sister and friend, Caitlin Rain. I met Caitlin Rain in person towards the beginning of this year. I have known her online for probably about a year and a half or so via a very uh, well-known social media network. (laughs) And we connected through mutual friends, and I just loved seeing what she would post online. She was sharing her truth, her wisdom, the connection and the messages that she was getting from her own heart, her own intuition, along with such beautiful pictures because she was documenting this incredible journey of awakening and expansion in her own life and then just the stars aligned and we (laughs) we met in person like a year later and I just have so much love for this human being her energy her presence what she's bringing to the earth with her gifts heart-led gifts that you'll get to hear much more about in just a few moments here on the other side of my wonderful podcast theme music. (laughs) So that is the interview that you're going to hear today. You're going to learn all about Caitlin Rain and just a few, just a few of many, many reasons that I wanted to invite her onto this podcast. And if you'd like to connect with her after hearing the podcast, you'll find her information in the show notes. I have a feeling that you'll sense her energy Uh, the energy that I have come to know and love. (laughs) I think you'll feel it as you listen to this interview. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you to learn about Caitlin. So cue the music 
and here we go all right so i am super excited to be with my dear friend my dear sister caitlin rain today uh, i've been loving doing interviews with just other light workers other empowered uh, leaders in the world who are shining their light and sharing their story i met her towards the beginning of this year in person and it was just incredibly magical like instant connection uh, we were at a retreat and like, I can't count how many times we just like locked eyes and just <laughs> this, like soul connection. And, uh, you know, it was like, it was, it was pretty magical. So just to introduce Caitlin to those of you that may have not have heard of her before, uh, she does exist, even though you may not have heard of her before. <laughs> Uh, Caitlin is an ICU nurse turned global empowerment coach and shamanic healer. Her passion is leading people back to their sacred rebel heart through radical self-acceptance and self-love. Through her signature offering of sacred rage, medicine ceremonies, and personal coaching, she integrates a balance of masculine, feminine, shadow and somatic trauma work to help people reclaim their power. She loves integrating Eastern and Western modalities of health and wellness to help people step into their fullest expression, creating change to elevate the collective to help usher in a new paradigm. She currently resides in San Diego, California and loves trotting the globe to connect to and learn from people from all cultures and paths of life. Welcome, Caitlin Rain. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so nice to have you here today. Mm-hmm. And first off, just because on this podcast, I love to talk about awakening, spiritual awakening, conscious awakening. I just love to hear anything you want to share about your experience, because we're both on that path in our own unique way. But but yeah, I just love to hear anything you want to share just about what your awakening experience was like. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I guess really it started in my early 20s in a very psychological, like Western therapy based way, realizing that I was the common denominator to so many of my patterns and so much, you know, trauma that I kept putting myself through. And I was finally done pointing the finger outwards at everyone else being a victim and really just ready to dive into how am I the common denominator here? And fast forward a few years, I actually took a trip with my two very first coaches to Bali for an adventure retreat. And being a Western nurse who's very logical, science-based, you know, left brain, I finally just decided to hop in and say, you know, fuck it, why not, was my whole attitude the whole trip. And I decided to not have to understand anything that was happening. I decided to just roll and say yes to everything. And I finally had these incredibly powerful experiences that were not conceptualized in the mind. It was truly a somatic experience with breath, with guided meditation and uh, in community. And so I remember sitting there at the end of the retreat, handing my credit card over going, whatever you have, I want more of this. And just really uh, having these experiences that I couldn't understand with science. I couldn't back up, but I also couldn't unsee and unfeel the truth of what I had gone through. Mm. And it kind of became this rocket ship for me to start 
letting my body lead and really letting my body speak and allowing my mind to be the thing that catches up. And that's actually kind of still the truth of where I'm at today is, you know, my, my brain, my ego, my mind love thinking that they're in control. They have it all figured out. And the most beautiful, magical parts of what's still waking up in me is that my body is always the smartest thing and it's the messenger of my soul. So it's been taking me on this great adventure. I'm following these nudges, really learning how to be the expression of some higher intelligence through this body, through this vehicle. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And for those that are listening, if you're not too familiar with the term somatic, it just means of the body. You know, as Caitlin was sharing, there's a lot of Western approaches to, you know, just more ease and mental, emotional ease in life that typically is done through the mind and somatic is uh, more going into the body where the emotions live, you know, emotions and feelings tend to live just recognizing because, and just the, the art of (laughs) becoming the expression of like a whole integrated human being. I always like to say that we're 10% mind and 90% body. So if we're not including the body in the equation, we're missing out on a lot. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so I just wanted to mention that because again, if I mean, actually I've heard the term somatic for a long time and even I found myself once asking, okay, so what does somatic actually mean? So I just wanted to clarify that to anyone who's new to that term and then yeah, I mean, what really stands out for me is that, you know, that you that you said to allow a higher intelligence to express through my body. And um, to me, that what that's what a spiritual awakening is. And just to summarize my experience, it was like when I realized there was a lot more to me than just my my human body uh, and a lot more to me than my mind, because I lived a very mind dominated life into my like early 30s. And my spiritual awakening was when I realized like, holy cow, I have a soul. And um, I mean, I'd heard about having a soul growing up because I grew up in a religious context, but hearing about it and experiencing it to me are two different things. (laughs) Mm, Yes, yes. And the religion didn't really click with me. And so I, I don't think I really had a lot of that experience early on because so much of the religion just felt very like off to me. And so in my early 30s, when I had my spiritual awakening, I felt the presence of my soul in my heart. And I was just like, holy cow, there's so much more to me than I've ever been aware of. And so I love that you said to allow a higher intelligence to express through my body. Because to me, in essence, you know, that's what's going on. We're like, wait, this universe is intelligent. There's something way smarter than our minds that's like, (laughs) orchestrating everything and we have a connection to it in our body so I love that you said that yeah thank you yeah 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 and uh yeah one thing I just want to comment on this real quick is that it's so interesting because this is the first time I've actually heard your story because it's so interesting when uh (laughs) this has been my experience when I go to these retreats and gatherings with a lot of people who are on a path of awakening we have so much in common and we speak the same language. So a lot of times we just meet each other in the present moment. We're like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And we're just kind of speaking this common language, but sometimes we don't even know each other's backstories. <laughs> yeah, so true. It's so true. It's amazing yeah. what takes the front versus the back seat in these situations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like we can know, like we connect so well in the present moment. It's like, that's, 
not even really needed. Like that's yeah. what I find. It's like we don't need the backstory. We're just like, I feel your energy. Yeah. Like I love, I love who you are. I love what you're representing in the world. And so we just talk and about where we are, like what's going on in life. And then it's just so interesting how like it can be like months later and be like, actually, I don't even know your backstory. Right. Yes. <laughs> exactly it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so thank you for sharing that because it was it was beautiful for me to hear it for the first time actually. <laughs> it just cracks me up. But that's what's so special about it is that it's really not needed. I mean, we can ask it if we want to, but mm-hmm. we we connect just as fine even not knowing. So but yeah, so a few things I was excited to bring you on here uh, to talk about today were the root chakra, root chakra healing cacao ceremonies because that has been a big part of my awakening path and I know it's something that you uh, actually lead people through Mm. and anytime I talk about cacao ceremonies and sacred cacao people always have so many questions they're just like I've heard of that but I have no idea what it is like is it psychedelic and (laughs) you know like all these questions like is it going to make me hallucinate and so I love talking about cacao ceremonies just to help educate people to like so they really understand what it is mm-hmm. so I, I still this day get questions when I talk about it because I feel like on a soul level people are like oh I want to know what that is but then again their mind doesn't really have an understanding so the questions come up yeah. and then finally just to see what you've witnessed as you know mm-hmm. a breathwork facilitator uh, I've been in a group breathwork ceremony with you which was incredibly powerful mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just curious because I've done a bit of breath work in community over the years and I've seen a lot of emotional releases and things coming to the surface for people to feel so they can release like emotionally. So I'm talking about like emotional pain, you know, I'll use the word pain or emotional suffering that's been stuck in the body and breath patterns can help our body find this permission to bring it to the surface because it just wants to be released. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I'm curious about your experience and what you've seen, because you've seen a lot more than I have, especially <laughs> as a facilitator. So yeah, that's my intention is to, to finish up there. So, <laughs> yes. so let's jump in root chakra, root chakra. So again, if you're, if you haven't really heard of the chakra system before, something that's been very heavily utilized in the East, you know, so like India, you know, these types of countries are very familiar with the chakras and, you know, it's becoming more and more common here, especially with how popular yoga has become because yoga originated in the East and yoga has a lot to do with the chakras. So more and more people are beginning to understand, but essentially there's seven chakras that are most commonly talked about, sometimes eight. And the very first one, which starts at the bottom of our pelvic region, is called the root chakra. You could call it the core, the foundation of our energetic body system. It's like the beginning of the chakra system. So again, therefore, the foundation. And so we're not going to get into the other seven or maybe eight today. What I really want to talk about is the core, just because Caitlin has a lot of experience and wisdom to share on this. So Caitlin, in, in your words... Why should we even know about the root chakra? Like what, you know, in this <laughs> modern day of life where a lot of people do want to experience more ease, less stress, doing more of what they love, more connection. Like why should we know about the, the root chakra? <laughs> mm, thank you. Oh, I'm glad you introduced with that segue because really the root chakra is our home here on earth and it is our connection to mother earth, however you want to refer to that entity. 
And I like to talk about the chakras in a way where um, they kind of at opposite ends of the spectrum come back to the gate of the heart meeting each other and they're very close parallels connecting a more ethereal with a more earthly realm. So where we can talk about like the upper chakras being maybe more spiritual, the lower chakras being more earthly. Root chakra connects us to earth, crown chakra connects us to spirit. And so these two are very parallel, you know, the third eye and the sacral chakra are both very intuitive, but in very different ways. And then coming down the throat and the solar plexus are very expressive in their own respective ways. And root chakra really is the core, the foundation of earthly home. And it's a huge part of who we are, why we incarnate as a human being. We're not here to, to live in the cosmic realm. We're here to be on earth. We're here to embody an experience as a human being. And we have gifts and messages and medicines that are all coming about through the, the various paths we walk in life. And each person walks a very different path and expresses the same spirit energy just through a completely different experience, message, medicine, whatever it is. And root chakra really brings us, drives us to the why we are here on earth and how we be here on earth. And for me, um, a lot of people associate it with, you know, masculine, feminine energy, whatever. I, I find it to be very both, very mother and father. How much structure can you feel in a physical sense and safety and groundedness and stability here on earth? You know, how do you have a relationship with money and finances in terms of abundance or scarcity or both? And it's very much, you know, building the solid foundation to be able to move through the other chakras, the other energy systems, the other experiences that it means to be a human, your emotions, your digestion, how you interact with food and medicine around you, how you interact with other people around you, how you feel safe to express yourself, your authentic self. Really, your, your relationship to root chakra is how authentically can you step into this iteration this expression of spirit in this body and because you have this body because you can anchor into earth energy you get to have this voice that you get to play with you have you know these physical features that you get to use to express yourself maybe it's as a way to hide into society maybe it's as a way to be very unique and and playful and artistic and our relationship to root chakra really sets the stage for every other energy that we get to play with here on earth as spiritual beings. Mm, wow. So much good stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Just uh, putting an exclamation point on the fact that, yeah, like, so typically the, the lower three chakras are known as more like the, what we call survival. I know the whole, you know, one of the big, one of the big intentions of awakening is to move beyond survival into thriving. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reason, you know, it gets that is because, you know, it's kind of like, it's our basic needs, you know, and, and as a human being, we do have needs as a soul, mm -hmm. there's no physical needs, you know, it's like, there's no, right. you know, the soul doesn't need food. It doesn't need water. <laughs> it doesn't need sunlight. However, the human body, which the soul is expressing a part of its energy through, like the body is living in a physical environment. So mm -hmm. it requires basic things. And so, so yeah, I love that you touched on, well, I guess what comes up for me is I think one of the big things that can be addressed with the root chakra is, is scarcity just based on the, 
the history or the her story, or I, I like to say the um, the us story, or mm. I'll usually, yeah, I like to, anytime I say history, I'm like, you know, I can play with this. It doesn't have to be his story. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh I know what I, I usually say our story, our story. Mm. I feel like it's so much like more that. inclusive. Yes, <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah, do the human our story. <laughs> We've been told that, you know, back in the day, humans had to scavenge to survive and stuff like that. And, you know, even back 50, 60 years ago, there were world wars where resources were scarce. And Mm -hmm. so that base chakra, which has to do with the human body, you know, surviving on this planet, there's been a lot of like fears that have been imprinted, you know, like, is there enough, you know, like, is there enough for you to survive as a being? And so in our culture, even though it is, it is shifting, there's a lot of people again, awakening at this time, but in our culture in general, fear tends to be this big thing that's used as a motivator, a way to control. And when we're in fear, we're in stress, we're in panic. And that's not typically where we make the most beneficial choices for ourselves and others. And so what have you seen in terms of working with that, that base fear in the root chakra, the scarcity energy, like, have you found ways to just address this energy and to allow, allow just, you know, that gateway for this chakra to return back to a state of wholeness where, because I mean, a state of wholeness, it's like, we realize that we are supported by invisible forces and we do have guidance. So in truth, we're never alone. In truth, this earth is abundant. Like the resources mm-hmm. that we need are accessible. So have you seen anything your, in your own experience that's been powerful to help shift from that more like that scarcity experience in life to more of like a, oh, I have help. I'm not in this human thing alone. You know, I'm supported type energy. Yeah, for me, in terms of working with the energy of root chakra, it's come um, really strongly through family and through my relationship to money and really playing into this evaluation of what is money. And it's an energy. Ultimately, we've chosen money as a currency and an energy and an entity that we use for exchange on planet Earth. And really, it's all the same as any other relationship that we are with in the world, in terms of an intimate partner, in terms of our family, in terms of friends, money comes through very similarly. Um, And the way that you be with money is the way that you be with everything. It's the way that we can talk about sexuality and sensuality. It's the way that we can talk about, you know, parent to child relationships. So really digging into money wounds, I worked with breath and again, somatic um, practices to start digging into where scarcity lives in my body and to really look at the patterns that have been playing out in my lineage, as well as the patterns that play out in, you know, just like the things I've heard growing up, like I'm broke, we don't have money for that, you know, also the way that we've been programmed in our society to be technicians in a system where there's this glass ceiling that we will never rise above really learning how to be in relationship with all of the conditioning that I've been carrying in this body for not just this lifetime, but my parents, my previous lives, you know, there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot of stories. And so really digging into that to choose now, what is my story? 
and to really open myself to see beyond the conditioning of I can only be a nurse that makes, you know, this much money an hour and that's all I'm ever going to be worth. And there's a cap to that versus realizing like there's a, there's abundance all around me. I've never been trained to see it. So now I'm training myself to see it. And I'm using my mind as a tool to get beyond where I've been rather than being trapped by my mind and the stories that are in it. I'm using it to grow and learn the systems that do exist and how to use them creatively and clean up some of the energy around the money in my world. And then digging really far into really my roots with my family, my parents, their parents, and coming to this place, realizing that these wounds that I carry, they didn't give this to me on purpose as a way to punish me or as, you know, this burden intentionally to cause pain in my life. I signed up to have the parents that I have. I chose that a long time ago. I chose to go through every experience that I've gone through with them and since them. And I've chose to be so deeply conditioned in this lifetime in these ways so that I could get uncomfortable enough to move, to change. And to look back at my parents and my connection with them with gratitude and to see how these patterns play out, how I've become such a, you know, a very masculine and very feminine human being and how I felt safe or unsafe in my past and how I choose to feel it now. And even when I go home, I'm reminded of the patterns still playing out there and really like remembering that I've cultivated my own inner mother and father and I've built my own home and my own family that I've chosen that really align with my soul and I get to bring that back full circle to the family that brought me into the physical here and offer this olive branch of you know where I've come to cultivate my own safety and rather than this you know blame or victim mentality of what my parents did or didn't provide for me I've provided for myself and now I just get to share and be in that. And really human beings so badly in these lower three chakras need to feel safe. They want to feel heard and understood and seen in their emotions and in their experiences and validated in that. And they want to really like learn how to express and feel confident in themselves. And this really comes down to you can't do any of that when you don't have any, anything to stand on and feel safe within yourself. And that is what the root chakra is all about. So as we start building, you know, the foundation of safety within ourselves and this foundation of home, like, what does it mean? What does divine masculine, divine feminine energy feel like within me so that my inner child feels safe to finally bring those messages that have been silenced for so long back to the surface? These gifts that I came into the world having that I can remember experiencing as a child and being made fun of or being made wrong for, being punished for even, and just being totally misunderstood. And I'm finally to this place now where I'm cultivating the healthiest expression of these things. And now I get to bring it back to the places that I came from and remind people that we already have permission. We give it to ourselves. Mm, wow. Yeah. Again, so rich. So, <laughs> so, uh, so rich with such amazing uh, information, life-based information. And Again, a few things that I'd like to just uh, really bring to the forefront out of everything that you said. To me, again, that's what that's what spiritual awakening or conscious awakening is. It's recognizing that <clears throat> there are just stories, patterns that tend to get passed down from generation to generation, and it's just it's just what humans have done. <laughs> and a lot of times the stories have to do with the past, which is no longer the present. So, you know, back 
60, 70 years ago, the earth was a different place. And there was a lot of reasons people were told certain things. And that's just what became real for them because through uh, cultural, cultural patterning and conditioning, what we hear often and don't question can become our own personal truth. And so, yeah, so, you know, 60, 70 years ago, there probably was a lot of talk of scarcity, you know, not enough food, not enough money, all these things. And so because people were being told that on a mass conscious level, you know, and accepting that in large degree, uh, that just became their truth. And then, you know, they started teaching that to their children and it's just been passed down over and over again. And that doesn't, it doesn't only go back 60 or 70 years. If you ask me, <laughs> it goes back thousands of years in some degree, but uh, so it's just to me that again, the spiritual conscious awakening is noticing the stories that are playing out within yourself. Cause that's all we truly are responsible for is the experience of ourselves and so, as you said, you know, you were, you were taught like, you know, make, get a certain profession. In your case, it was nursing and, you know, in nursing, depending on, I know there's different like nursing degrees you can get, but depending on whatever degree you get or aspire to, it'll take you so far in terms of monetary income. But like you said, at some point there is like this ceiling <laughs> yeah. and yeah, that's the that's the beautiful part of awakening. It's like, oh, I'm being told there's only one way to receive resources, to receive income. And that's just what everybody around me is telling me. But in truth, that's just that's just one experience. Like, you know, we're we we all know of so many stories of entrepreneurs. Like I like I like to bring up uh, Richard Branson because obviously at some point he started thinking there's a whole lot of ways for me to receive and I can do them in ways that I love, you know? So like right. he built an airline, he got into music and he just, to me, he was the example of like, no, even though maybe he was told as a kid, there's only one way for me to receive. But at some point, obviously he started thinking, oh no, this is a big wide world. There's lots of possibilities. There's lots of opportunities I'm going to create the things that excite me. And, you know, he allowed himself to receive um, back from those creations. And so, yeah, that's so beautiful that you, that you um, spoke to that, that you're, you're seeing in your own experience. No, even though I was told there's kind of just one way for me to receive my basic resources in life, I'm starting to see the world as abundant in terms of possibilities. And that's a powerful place to be. And so glad we're talking about this because that's what I, that's, you know, that's been a big part of my journey too. It's like, I was told the same things too. It was just like, you know, get a steady job and take it as far as you can go. Yeah. Uh, and that's just one story on earth. And again, there's so many examples, you know, there's artists, there's musicians, there's authors, and even, even celebrities, you look at them, like they don't typically just rely on one expression you know they might start a line for clothing like they you know they're they're branching out and letting their creativity be expressed and so it's like yeah there's just we can follow our passions and <laughs> there's there's so many ways to receive i guess is what i'm getting at so thank you for speaking to that yes yes and yeah. and getting all the way back to where you come from in every instance maybe you didn't have mom and dad maybe you had a very wild growing up story that all plays into the root chakra. It all plays into what you believe you're capable of. 
Yeah. And it all plays into how you elevate and escalate through the other chakras, through your whole human experience and really reclaiming your power in your foundation is everything. And if you want to test what you're still attached to, what stories, beliefs, conditioning, no matter how much spiritual work you've done, go home, go to where you came from. That will be the quickest way to unearth what's still in there, mirrored right back at you all the time. Yeah, and just to speak to that a little bit, because anything that bothers us, <laughs> anything that bothers us typically is referred to as a trigger on this path of awakening or path of like self-development, you know, self-empowerment, whatnot. So like anything that bothers us typically is called a trigger. And so <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, if we go home and we're hearing you know, these beliefs about the world and it like, and it bothers us, like you said, to me, that's a sign that we're still attached to those beliefs ourselves. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, yes. like, oh, this other person that's in my family or close network of friends, they keep talking with a certain kind of language. And it really just kind of like irks me. The whole point of it irking you is to, for your soul to be like, Hey, this belief still is taking up space in you. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You haven't either given yourself permission or, you know, there's something in there in you either rejecting or, yeah. you know, not in full permission somewhere, somehow not fully healed, yeah. ready to be grabbed again if, if you're ready. Yeah. So just taking it as a gift, like, oh, okay, you know, why is this bothering me? Like, to me, the powerful question is like, do I still believe this, you know, on some level and just being yeah. gracious, non-judgmental. Yeah. Just to like really what why does this bother me like what does it bring yeah. up in me and so um so yeah i love yeah <laughs> yeah it is very powerful you know going back to your roots will will show you a lot of things and especially things that maybe are wanting to beliefs ideology that may want to be released so that you can yeah. reclaim your power and you know express yeah. more of you in the world <laughs> A big piece for me too was um, I realized I was handing my power away, wanting them to heal that wound for me. Mm. And the point of going home isn't for them to heal the wound. The point of going back to my roots is to do it for myself and to reclaim my power in that. I'm such a victim every time I go and forget that I'm my own mother and father waiting for my parents to be the perfect parents that I've always wanted. I keep handing my power away in that. And so a big piece in the last even like couple years has been, don't forget all the work you've done the second you're confronted with those hard pain patterns. Again, remember who you are and what you've stepped into finally and bring it with you and, and don't project onto them what you're wanting. Be that for yourself. You've already been that for yourself just because you're home in front of it doesn't mean it goes away and you forget you're not a victim. Yeah. Yeah. Be, be that for yourself. Yeah. The nurturing the nurturing, the guidance, um, yeah. the support. Yeah. It's like learn to be it for yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true self-empowerment if you ask me. <laughs> and then my parents and, and all everyone in my family has permission to be right where they are. And I can appreciate and love them where they're at rather than trying to get them to be somewhere else. We all just have yeah. permission to be where we are because I show up in right relationship to myself. Yeah. Rather than try to make them be the parents that you feel they should be for you to get what you feel that you need it's like yes yeah there's so much freedom and like hey thanks for doing what you did I know you did the best you possibly knew how yes and 
and yeah, just, yeah, yeah, all the permission in the world for you to be you. And I'm yeah. learning how to nurture and parent myself with exactly what I need because, yes. you know, I'm a, I'm a conscious adult. Now I, I can, I can give to me what I need and not try to grasp, grasp to get that from someplace outside of me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for speaking to the root chakra. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's, um, it's the uh, it's the foundational one. So. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Yeah, and I feel like that's a good point to shift a little bit here into sacred cacao and cacao mm-hmm. ceremonies. Yes. So yeah. I'm mm. curious, when did sacred cacao and you know ceremony sometimes it enters our lives at the same time, sometimes one before the other? But how did sacred cacao and eventually sacred ceremony show up in your life, even if it was at the same time for you? (laughs) It was at the same time, actually. It was when I was heading to Bali in 27, it's been like five, almost six years um, that I've been working with cacao and really in relationship with ceremony. And I've never really considered myself shamanic and I didn't really know what any of that meant I honestly didn't know a lot of history around cacao for quite a while when I was first working with it. Um, And now I use it every single day. I have ceremony with myself every single day with lots of traditional practices pulled into the ceremony. And on my own, you can call it shamanic path if that's a label that makes sense to people. Um, But really my relationship started in, in Bali and in an opening ceremony for this fuck it, why not experience that I decided to put myself into. And I just remember smelling it for the first time and holding that warm cup in my hands and being guided to create a relationship with this very, what I perceive to be motherly energy. And I remember my, I'm salivating right now as I'm saying this, like I remember smelling it and just like feeling it and seeing the steam like waft about me and looking into that cup and just seeing like earth and water energy and that warmth being like that fire energy. And then as the aroma hit my nose, I'm like, here are all the elements in this beautiful cup. And I remember it hit my mouth and I was like, this is heaven in a cup. Like take out all the sugar, take out all the crap that we, especially as Westerners have added to make this, this medicine into something that's more of like, you know, a bandaid. <laughs> and I got to, to really experience like the root of what food and mother nature is providing for us. And I remember having the walkthrough of like, this is not a psychedelic medicine, but it is considered a plant medicine. And I I was like, what the hell is plant medicine? You know, what, what is all this? And as a Western person, there's so much like shadow of doubt and very like dismissive energy around traditional indigenous practices and around alternative therapies. And we're barely starting to scrape the surface in Western medicine of this. And even just barely like allowing the door open to things like massage and music therapy, let alone, you know, like acupuncture, chiropractic, all these things that we, we know the words around, but there's still this like divide. Um, so to get to sit with this in such a like adventurous kind of fun experiential way was so eye-opening the first time. It was just like, wow. I just opened the door to something really beautiful and I can't wait 
to deepen the relationship to whatever this is. I'm just so excited for more. <laughs> mm, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And then just to give people a little bit of an idea. So what we're talking about, if you're not too familiar with sacred cacao. So cacao is the bean that chocolate comes from, you know, every form of chocolate comes from a cacao bean. And I actually got to see a cacao pod for the first time in real life this year uh, when I was in Hawaii. And so, yeah, there's cacao trees. It's like this pod. It's, it's kind of like the size of like some kind of a melon, but it's, you know, it's, it's long and kind of more like, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to think of the best shape to describe. It's kind of like cucumber shape. So long and wide, but much wider than a cucumber and much bigger. And it's like you crack open the pod and there's this really creamy, uh, mm-hmm. substance inside. that's kind of like yogurt, you know, when mm-hmm. you, when you like scoop it up with your finger and taste it, it's like yogurt, but then there's these pods inside, which to me are probably like the actual seeds, but there's like these little dark, you know, pods in there and that's the actual cacao. And so, you know, these, these, um, pods are taken, they're dried out. And then once they're dried out, they're ground down. And, you know, that's where we get cacao powder. You might know it as cocoa, but typically in the more less processed form that's known as cacao. And so it's a food, it comes from a tree. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, when we're talking about sacred cacao down in South America, which is where I've always, um, most of the sacred cacao I've experienced has come from South America. And just as there's many different strains of coffee, there's many different strains of apples and you know, there's different strains of bananas. There's also different strains of cacao. And some of them by indigenous cultures in South America are revered as sacred because of their potency. They're very potent cacao. And traditionally in South America, many cultures, they refer to it as a heart medicine. It's just known to drop you more into your heart. Because again, as we talked about at the beginning of this interview, we're 10% head, 90% body. (laughs) Our heart is where we experience love. And so in the indigenous cultures in South America, they, they revere these sacred strains of cacao for being a heart medicine, like dropping us into our heart, getting us out of our head. You know, a lot of times if we're in survival, like we're stressed out, we're feeling like we have to do so much to pay our bills or like make people happy, whatever it is that tends to be in our head. So this sacred cacao is known to like, okay, let's get you out of thinking, out of stress. Let's get you relaxed and in your heart. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, typically I can, I'm not surprised, you know, it's, it's, it's there over in Bali. Cause I know Bali does a lot of amazing metaphysical and, and spiritual themed things. And so, yeah, just to whoever's listening, if you're not familiar, so it's not a psychedelic, <laughs> <laughs> uh, literally it's where chocolate comes from it's just that in its pure raw form when it's picked from certain trees it's just known to relax your whole body you know re- known to relax your nervous system which allows you to just be more in your heart be more in your feelings you know which allows us to be more in the present moment and so that's that's just some context so but now getting back to your experience so <laughs> you know since you've been using cacao in your life and I know you lead ceremonies now you lead other people through cacao ceremonies which is just a group of people gathering around typically heart-based intentions to have like heart-based sharing you know connecting as human beings going onto that feeling level with each other 
uh, and just drinking the cacao. So it's like, it's typically like a circle of people that are just like, okay, hey, let's connect as human beings. Let's share from our hearts. How can we support each other? Um, how can we maybe like release some stress, release some stories that don't serve us? Um, so that's what a cacao ceremony is. It's just human beings sitting in a circle with that nice warm of sacred cacao in their hands, you know, setting intentions and blessings and, and then connecting as human beings. Uh, so again, with that context, what have you seen in your journey with using cacao personally and then in groups? Like, what has it done for your life? What do you kind of sense it's doing for other people's lives that you have um, led through ceremonies with it? It's been absolutely magical and completely transformative for me personally. I sit with it every day now and I have such wild stories around like food and oral pleasure and cacao has been such a beautiful way for me to like find the most like tantalizing pleasure in my mouth, but also in a way that's not like binge eating or, you know, every now and again, I do get to a point in my own personal ceremony where it's kind of like this crutch and I'm seeking it and grabbing at it to try to like alleviate something or mask something. But the whole point, like what you said, the fact that it's a ceremony puts us into a deeper relationship with our experience. And that is the point of ceremony. That is the point of, you know, slowing down with all of this is to really be in a relationship with it. And that's why I love, you know, I opened cacao with breathwork with pranayama because it's a, it's a heart activating medicine. It, there is a little caffeine in a lot of the strains and it's a very potent vasodilator. So what happens is your blood vessels are opening and expanding and there's more circulation happening, which allows for the movement of stuck energy, stuck emotions, just stuckness. And it also opens the heart space by nature. That's what it does. And it's such, that's why it is a scientifically and emotionally, energetically, it is a heart medicine. It is acting on the whole cardiovascular system. So we get to go into ceremony and we get to slow down and, and like really pause and say what's alive within us. And we get to set an intention. And with that, you know, an intention for me isn't a goal. It's not like action oriented. I need to do this. It's what do I really desire? Is it to release something? And that doesn't mean by forcing it out. That means just allowing it to come and allowing it to go. That's a real feminine state of openness and surrender, which cacao naturally enhances. It's the opening of everything, the softening, the, the relaxation of the blood vessels so that things can come and go. And you get to drop out of your head and stop trying to control what needs to come, stop trying to control what needs to go and really hear your heart and hear your body express what it knows needs to come and go. And instead of trying to make it happen, we are allowing it to happen. And that's been a big, you know, learning curve for me is I'm such an intellectual conceptualizer and I keep trying to do surrender and surrender isn't an action that you take. It's not a thing you create or make. It's an allowing. It's a total letting go of everything. And cacao is mama earth's plant medicine that just gently allows for that. We have so many plant medicines that are, you know, psychedelic and are hallucinogenic and, and create all these experiences are very intense and, you know, scary for, or even traumatizing for a lot of people. And cacao for me is such a beautiful way to introduce people to the gifts of earth, to the food and the medicine that is available to us and how gentle it can be. And I'm such an intensity junkie. I'm an adrenaline junkie. I'm very like extreme. So to get to really like 
work with this and how it, it really commands with me this ultra presence and slowdown because it's not going to induce, you know, this crazy state. I have to be quiet and listen to what it's saying. I have to slow down to get the subtlety of it. And I'm learning what subtlety even gets to mean through sitting with this every day. And I'm catching myself wanting it, you know, searching for something with it. And I have to go back and slow down and choose my relationship once more with it. So when I sit with other people, it's really that way of bringing spirit to earth again. And it's, it's, it's spirit's gift through the soil, through the dirt. Like here's this plant growing up for us to eat. The fruit of cacao is so delicious. It's so pretty to look at. And then you have this delicious drink that comes out of it. And some people hate it. Some people love it. Some people doctor it. Some people put all kinds of stuff in it to make it what they want. And that's the beautiful thing about all of these things. I cannot offer somebody an authentic Mayan experience because I'm not Mayan. I didn't grow up with generations in the lineage of, of the people that serve this medicine. I do know that I dance really beautifully with it myself and I have a really beautiful relationship with it. And I'm never going to claim that I'm going to give them this authentic indigenous experience. I do get to give them access to choose how they want to be in relationship with this beautiful gift. And that's been another thing that I'm unlocking serving plant medicine, you know, being in the program I'm in now is my mind wanted to judge how it's supposed to look the worthiness of me being able to serve this to people because I'm not indigenous. And what I'm realizing is if I just am authentic about my relationship and honest about my relationship to this medicine, other people get to choose their real. I'm not here to provide the relationship to the medicine for them. I'm here to give them access to choose their own relationship. And because I'm a breathwork facilitator and I get to crack the body open before the medicine is even ingested, really opening, dropping people in to receive the medicine, to receive themselves. Like the, the way you can really like spread out the experience of ceremony and really elongate the experience of presence and the, the experience of slowness. It really has, it's been beautiful to watch people, you know, who don't slow down in their everyday life or who do slow down in their everyday life really have permission to be seen and heard as this medicine starts moving through people. They're like, I don't feel anything. Cause you know, they're waiting for this Western idea of this giant thing, this truck to hit them with an aha moment. And they're missing like all these subtle things or these people that never slow down are finally given this container to slow down. And they're just, you know, they weep and ball. I actually just did this last Wednesday in a group ceremony like a thing that had come through from another plant medicine journey finally was like ready to process through my body and I just wept through the whole ceremony that's like the, the power that cacao can have when you choose the relationship of slowness of subtlety of surrender and that's why I consider her such a feminine energy and such a like maternal energy she just kind of like holds you while you're going through whatever you're going through she's not going to push you she's not going to force you and kick you and like command you to do things she's just there supporting and nurturing the experience and kind of like amplifying what's already there for you to help you move through it with a little more ease, grace, and maybe even efficiency, if that's what you're, you're ready for. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Absorbing all of that. Yeah. I can definitely relate to so much. And um, yeah, just to give people an idea about like the experiences, you know, it's like, so just share some of mine. So for me sitting in cacao, it was a really a lot 
it had a lot to do with my journey of self-love, of realizing that I was worthy of love because I had a lot of stories that I started telling myself as a, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, as an early adult, and um, very damaging stories that <laughs> were based in high standards, never being enough, uh, having to prove myself, things like that. And so for me, sitting in a cacao ceremony, I, you know, I would feel that that higher intelligence, that divine presence, I would feel that it had nothing but love for me, you know, because I was in that heart space. And yeah, I can remember one ceremony where I wept quite a bit because I was able to see like, oh my gosh, in my life, I'm working so hard to prove myself. I don't feel that I'm enough. And yet, as I'm sitting in this ceremony, you know, drinking this, you know, this, uh, this heart opener with other lovely human beings and beautiful music, I'm just seeing that this divine presence, this higher intelligence loves me so much and just wants me to let the love in. And I've been like working hardcore <laughs> to keep it out. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And so like, that's what I've, I've seen in, you know, some of my ceremonial work. And I just wanted to give people an idea if they're thinking, well, what, what might I release? You know, to me, a big thing that I released was my resistance to how much life the universe, that divine presence actually loves me. Like I was releasing my blocks to the love that wanted to uh, pour into my being, but you know, I, you know, people might want to release hurt they've had over a breakup. You know, they might be carrying a lot of burden from going through a tough breakup. They might feel completely lost in their career. They might feel like they have no idea who they are anymore. And so like you know, these experiences that tend to feel really, really heavy. What I've seen in a cacao ceremony is that there's this field of safety for people just to open up and like speak things that have been weighing them down. And every cacao ceremony I've been in, like the people there are not there to judge. They're there to witness. They're there to receive other people's shares, you know, with an open heart. That's why I feel that cacao is such an integral part it's like, it allows all of us to be in that heart space of like, I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to listen to you and witness, witness your experience. And then just, you know, reflect back to you that, you know, you're a worthy human being and, you know, you're worthy of love. And mm -hmm. that's what I've tend to see, you know, in cacao ceremonies. Have you seen things like that as well? <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I open, you know, we sit in the circle and, I have this big pot of my favorite thing, you know, and, and I don't prescribe the experience to people. I do not tell people, you know, what's going to happen because what cacao does is it lifts a very subtle veil that you might not have even known was there and you can barely perceive it sometimes. And it could be what's alive for you for the last day. It could be what's alive for you for the last 20 years. It could just be, like you said, there's no way to know what's ready to move when you show up and a lot and what i i encourage is as we're moving through the breath work as we open up to receive this medicine you know it's like a cup of hot chocolate and and ready ready to like be received and and as we're holding it and we pass this cup around and we're blessing our brothers and sisters cups as it moves by our hands like we sit with this cup and and we we cultivate an intention and an intention is that, you know, like desire, and it may change in 10 minutes, it might be completely different, because the cacao is going to interact with the wisdom of your body. And a lot of times people enter the ceremony from their headspace, 
and we're dropping into the body and the heart. And that's been my biggest experience is realizing how much I'm really in my head, trying to control from the space of ego. And this is just such a gentle, like drop down into the body. So watching people, you know, sit once, twice, three, four, five times. I've seen lots of people with their very first ceremony really crack open and be like, oh my God, I'm having my like spiritual awakening is starting right now. I had, I just feel so connected to something so much more intelligent that I had no awareness of. Now all of a sudden I'm watching my mind. That's like the key to awakening is you're not in your mind anymore. You're watching the mind play out from a different space, observing it. And that is like a key to being able to like realize you're part of a higher intelligence. And then there's other people, you know, who have been on the path for years and decades. And it's, it's just one tiny little perspective shift of something that they've been struggling with their whole life about the work that they do in the world, the gifts that they offer and then and doubting themselves and then really getting like clarity on, Oh, it gets to look like this because this is actually a more authentic version of myself. And I didn't realize I was blocking myself holding on to this story. I didn't even know the story was there. It wasn't in my awareness. And now that I'm just quiet and sitting with it, my heart's moving it, my body's moving it. And so even like people going through a breakup, like you said, we don't respond to people in the cacao circle. We don't offer coaching. We don't offer advice. We don't go hold them while we just sit and witness the share. We let people be in their power of being their own medicine by moving it through either sharing or just sipping quietly. We're just there to witness each other in our own power through whatever is coming through. And everything is welcome, you know, except violence towards self and others. Like everything is really welcome in that space. You can be pissed off. You can be sad. You can be so joyful. You can be grateful. It can be whatever, whatever is alive for a person in the moment. And it could, it could be so many revelations. It could be one tiny micro revelation. It could just be, they get an hour or two of peace that they haven't had in a week or years. And that in itself is a revelation. So really like watching people realize that they don't need to dump their shit onto somebody else and ask them to fix it for them, ask them to give them the answer. They're just, most people really discover a lot when they start sharing. That is the process itself, bringing the clarity as the words come out of their mouth, they're having their aha moment because it's finally not bouncing around in their head anymore. It's leaving the body. And the clarity, it's making room for the clarity and the wisdom to come through. And no one has to say anything. They're just being witnessed, which is really what we all need. Yeah, so much truth to that. You know, just uh, speaking the burdens, whatever feels like it's been weighing us down. You know, just speaking the burdens in a place of safety. Again, where, where the person can just be witnessed, witnessed without judgment. I know that. I once heard Brene Brown say, it's one of the two, but either way, it's it's still really powerful. But she said that, um, I'm pretty sure what she said is that shame cannot survive compassion. She mm-hmm. also, it might've also been shame cannot survive empathy, but either way, I know it was one of those two words, either way, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I do sense, cause I know it's been my own truth. I've, I've told myself so many stories over the year that have been really damaging really unkind to myself. And when I have shared that story in a place where I knew I wasn't going to be judged, I felt safe. And people, you know, the people present just kind of looked at me with so much love and 
no judgment and I, I, yeah I felt so much of a release <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was like the poison had been released you know the poison had been released and uh like such a weight had been lifted because I was no longer bearing the burden of that story just within myself it's like I let my burden be seen and mm-hmm. I think that's a big fear too, is that if anyone else knew our burdens, the first thing they might do is judge or condemn us. Yes. And so when we're in a space where the people are just looking at us with love and they're like, no judgment here, no judgment here. You know, I see you and, you know, I honor your experience. Like I've, I've felt like massive energy lift from my body and like, it's freedom, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to bear the burden of that story because now that I've said it out loud I know it's actually not true and the people in the room are just like well that's been a story you've been believing we see it and we just you know they're just a reflection that you know like you're loved you know you're whatever story you've been telling like you are loved and so um yeah that's what's beautiful about that's what beautiful to me about these spaces and so um yeah, thank I have you one for... thing to add on what you just said that is okay. so like true for me that I didn't even think of is that authenticity piece mm. and intimacy. And whereas I can do breath work or I can, you know, sit with ayahuasca or even sassafras where it's a really large veil lifted kind of involuntarily. Like it's just a huge abrupt boom. Here you are with yourself. There's no getting around it. Cacao is actually some of the harder work for me because it lifts a veil gently and subtly. And I have an opportunity to run away from authenticity in that moment. If I want to, I haven't, it's a real test with cacao because it is more subtle. It's not psychedelic. It's not, you know, throat punching me into awareness. It's very like, Hey, are you paying attention? Are you listening? Here's something. What are you going to do with it? You have a very mental choice to make now. And so like something may come up and I have a moment when I sit by myself on my bedroom floor with cacao of, do I want to look at that? Or do I want to think about something else really quick? And she'll bring it up. And that's a real test for me is, am I going to authentically be like, oh, I need to explain that away. I need to justify it, make an excuse. Or can I honestly just like, look at this and hold it. And then in a circle, can I say this thing out loud? Can I say what just happened out loud, truly authentically? Cause that's, you start intimacy with yourself. Can you actually look at it? And then can you take it to the next level and share it face-to-face outside of your body, risking that somebody may judge you, but knowing that you're fine, even if they do, even if they can't hold what you're about to share, can you know that you got yourself at the end of the day? Can you know that you're so good in your root that it doesn't matter what anyone else has room for? You have all the room that you need for yourself to be truly, fully authentic and vulnerable. And by doing that, Like I've been given so much permission, reminded that I already have permission sitting in cacao ceremonies, listening to other people share. And then also like when I share very authentically and vulnerably, someone else cracks open, remembering that they have permission. Hmm. Yeah, so true. Yeah, I've seen that too, is that, yeah, typically after the first person or two really, you know, as long as they feel naturally inspired within themselves, just to share really openly, it's like it creates this permission all throughout the circle and then yeah people just start speaking everything that they're ready to like let go of um yes whatever burdens emotional burdens stories that just keep them feeling at odds with themselves you know there's so much release and um so yeah it's uh it's it's powerful powerful work and uh 
yeah, to me, a really nice way to start to reconnect with your heart. If you feel mm. like you've been living in your head, uh, you know, and trust me, again, that was my life into my early 30s. I was all <laughs> up in my head, not mm-hmm. really in my body at all. So if you feel like I'm always in my head, I'm always thinking, I'm always overthinking, I'm always stressed, I'm always rushing. Yeah, to me, sacred cacao is a really nice way to begin to reconnect with your heart. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah 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 and so let's dive into the breath work a little bit more so yeah. you are a breathwork facilitator and you mentioned that in cacao ceremony before the cacao was even started to be they start to ingest the cacao you know because you know we sip it through a mug you know a nice warm mug because it's you know it's it's kind of like hot cocoa but to me <laughs> it's richer there's more more taste more flavor and yeah. more reverence uh, but yeah, before anyone starts to ingest the cacao, you mentioned that you take them through breath work. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious, since you've been working with breath for yourself and as you've taught other people breath and really like understanding breath, connecting with breath, using breath to again, somatically be in the body and what's going on for the body. Like what are the, what's the biggest yeah, what are the biggest shifts that you've noticed for yourself and maybe what you've seen for others in leading classes? <laughs> it's so profound. Um, I use so many different variations of breath and I, I facilitate very intense transformational breath work where we lay down for 40 minutes and do the three-part breath. I also facilitate like with cacao pranayama and that literally translates to elongation or control of life force energy. So the air element I just finally came to this like beautiful, romantic, delicious relationship with the air element. And it's funny because I've been facilitating this for a couple of years now. And, and so like really coming full circle with what air means. And, and it's like, it's the very first element that when it shifts or is altered or is restricted in some way, our body starts to shut down very quickly versus water or food or heat. We have a little more time. Air is like minutes. If we mess with air for too long, it's minutes before everything is out of balance. And getting to choose how air moves in our body, we have so much conscious choice about how we work with life force energy in the way of the breath different than how we regulate body temperature or different than how we regulate our metabolism. It's such a quick, deep relationship we get to have with breath. That's very, it can be from the mind. It can be. And it also will take over when our mind isn't focusing on it. It's such a beautiful dance that we get to have with breath and learning what we're capable of when we push our limits with breath translates to every facet of life. And it also, I'm super glad that I found it before I found plant medicine actually because it does induce these states where we can have a, you know, this release of DMT in the brain. And it also teaches us how to work with these balances of sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous systems in the body. And I've actually had a lot of um, people in my field lately, interestingly enough, through like social media and conversation, like challenging breath work and saying, you know, it's really dangerous because you're activating the sympathetic nervous system, bringing people back to their trauma. And I say, yeah, that's the point you stopped your argument really early on in the game when you say it's bad because this happens. We want to have a relationship with our sympathetic nervous system and we want to have a relationship with our parasympathetic nervous system. And we want to choose the most aligned way for us to dance with these two, these two things in our body. 
And there will always be things in our life that come at us, these life experiences that you can say, yes, my soul signed up for this, but your physical body is like, what the fuck is going on? And it feels very stressful in the moment. And we have these automated response systems that happen where it feels like we don't have a lot of choice in the matter. And what we've become as humans is creatures that breathe from the upper portion of our respiratory system, shallow and fast. And and that is actually connected to nerves that stimulate fight and flight response in our body. When you breathe from your belly deep and slow, that is connected to nerves from your rest and digest nervous system. So when we play with the breath, when we dance with the breath, through breath work, through choice, through control and elongating and, and manipulating the breath, we are activating both of these nervous systems from a place of intention, from a place of very conscious relationship. So when we activate, you know, very intense pranayama, like breath of fire, it's a very, uh, you're using your whole lower body and you can get abs doing this breath pattern. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's so activating, but it also, you're, you're working with your inner fire. Your digestive system is activated. You're actually like your metabolism is up. It's like having coffee. It's very stimulating. And yes, people can say that you're activating the sympathetic nervous system, but you can also play with the hold at the top, a hold at the bottom. And then you're immediately activating the parasympathetic nervous system, which has been on hiatus in Western and human culture for a long time. We have created this positive feedback loop of the sympathetic nervous system where our body doesn't know how to down cycle and slow down. That's why people take an upper to get going in the morning and need a downer at night to go to sleep because our nervous systems are completely dysregulated in knowing when it's appropriate to be stimulated. We do need to learn how to adapt to stress, how to solve problems, how to take action in our day. We also have kind of forgotten how to slow down, how to rest, how to allow ourselves time to digest, to hear what is coming through us food-wise, thought-wise, and really evaluate, is this good for my body? Is this good for my being? Is this aligned? We can even take away good or bad. And when we work with the breath, when we activate that sympathetic nervous system, it does activate trauma. It does activate a lot of emotional, intense experience, very similar to when someone might have, you know, a, a, a plant medicine on board. It can get very intense and activating and you're having memories come up of painful things. You're having very intense visuals happening. Maybe, maybe there's a lot of emotion coming through and you can't even name it. You don't even know what's going on. It's just very intense and it feels like a lot. What happens is when we're in a more intense pattern, the breath starts to breathe us and it starts to take over. And we get to have an experience where we, re- we can't heal through some of the traumas without going back into them safely and rewriting the end. That's the whole point of trauma work is letting the body pull that memory back up because it's living in every cell and it's stuck in this story. So when we activate the breath, it's a lot like DMT, MDMA, Um, assisted psychotherapy where you're inducing like this release of DMT you're altering the metabolism of the body you're altering the way that the body can process and you're with the release of this chemical and the experience of the trauma suddenly you're confronted with this thing that has caused you a lot of maybe pain suffering discomfort however you've wanted to label it you can call it even bad and all of a sudden you're like it's not that bad wow suddenly you can move through it with less ego And the emotions aren't slowing you down because they're moving through. 
you're not having to think about it. The mind is in the back seat. It's the passenger. And when we, when we start to have these experiences and we start to come out the other side, it's not like where you get blackout drunk and the next day you forget and you're back at square one, this ability to hold this experience from this place, this higher place where you've watched it happen now, and you've let the body move it intelligently, instead of trying to control how it moves with the mind, you now have that experience coming out of the breathwork container. So like you, you come out and you're like, it's still not that bad. I can still hold this from this place of higher understanding, even euphoria and bliss. It does induce these very heightened states for people. And it can be overwhelming because people are like, I didn't know I could feel that good. Or I didn't know I could hold so many intense things at one time and not explode. And, and I've watched people, you know, get really agitated or stuck during breath work. And there's no right or wrong way to have an experience. There's no judgment. There's no expectation. You just kind of let what's happening happen and trust that if you stay the course, stay with yourself, learn how to hold yourself with whatever's coming through it translates to everyday life after that. You also teach your body how once your sympathetic nervous system is activated, you can still choose to bring the parasympathetic nervous system online and let your adrenals rest. Let your cortisol levels come down. Let that feedback loop interrupt itself and really find balance. The point is not to get rid of your sympathetic nervous system. It's to complement it, to remember that we have a whole nother system that wants to help and wants to bring everything into balance again. We like to make the discomfort or what we've deemed bad wrong when really the whole experience of being a human is perfect if you can find balance. So being in fight and flight mode is useful. It gets us through things as human beings. We don't have to live there. We don't have to stay there. And breathwork really helps us take the whole journey to see the full spectrum. And I love, love, love breathwork because it's not like a plant medicine where you, oh shit, you just took three grams of mushrooms. Now like you're five hours in and committed. There's no turning the ship around within minutes. If you slow the pattern down or come back to your natural rhythm, you really are in choice of the relationship the whole way through. You have some form of control. So when you are maybe feeling too out of body, you can put your hands on yourself and come back to earth and really like choose how you're in relationship with it. So breath, I mean, for me personally, I spent seven years in therapy talking about, you know, lots of issues around, you know, my father and wounds around worthiness and lovability and anger. And in one breathwork session, I had just so much joy and gratitude for my dad and so much love for him that I have never felt before. And that was years ago, six, seven years ago. And now I, it's still there. It never went away. That love, gratitude, joy. That was like a bridge I crossed that I never had to go back and do again and again. With therapy, it felt very cyclical. I'm talking about the same things, you know, with other modalities of healing. I felt like I had to keep coming back and pulling myself forward again. Whereas breath work, like I came through the experience truly and wholly. And all I've done is built more love and compassion and such honoring for my relationship with my father. And I just have like so much adoration for him. And while it might not look externally like that, that's just where we are as human beings. But my highest self is so loud inside of me and so at the front of who I be in those relationships. And again, it's a way to confront like cacao is a very gentle way. Breathwork just brings it up. And about 10 minutes in, the mind's in the back seat and the body's going. 
and I can choose to slow it down. I can choose to speed it up. I'm going to get out of it exactly what I put into it. It's not like I chose an ounce of ayahuasca or I chose three grams of mushrooms. It's a constant dance of how much I'm giving, how much I'm putting in versus what's coming out. So breathwork is just such a powerful, like a powerful self-responsible vehicle of being a huge human being and a huge soul inside this body and watching the body be truly the vehicle of movement. We're not meant to hold any of it. The only constant is the essence of spirit that's in us. Everything else moves. Everything else is, is temporary. And breath work is such a great example of that. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like anyone who um, has heard of breath work and has never really dived in, you know, they'll have a lot of things to, oh, wow. Okay. That's why, <laughs> that's why people do breath work. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I keep going back. Yeah, one thing I want to emphasize is that, um, yeah, I mean, earlier in life, when we don't have the tools to, to know how to relate to our emotions, or even allow our emotions, we were taught this thing, especially in Western culture to suppress, not feel, you know, stuff it down, like there's no time for that, got stuff to do, got a busy life. So like, you know, just, and at this point, my my grandmother on my mom's side, she transitioned a number of years back, but uh, we called her Nana. I just remember I had uh, a young brother transition when he was just like seven weeks old. So he was an infant. And I just remember that after that time, my Nana, she just said, I just, you know, I just got to keep moving. I just got to stay busy you know, and that to me, looking back was just to like, this is this is too emotionally intense. So if I just stay busy, I just stay moving, then I don't really have to face the emotions that, you know, basically come along with this experience. And, um, and, you know, I have no judgment about that. But it's just what a lot of our, you know, previous generations were taught, mm -hmm. like, there's no time for that, like, you have stuff to do. So just <laughs> Don't talk about it. Pretend it's not there. Stuff it down. Sweep it under the rug, and just get back to all the busyness of your life. And so, uh, so now, what's so amazing about this, you know, this this conscious revolution, you know, awakening, you know, awakening to a, a place of being more conscious as a human being. Yeah, we realize that carrying these emotional experiences, having never dealt with them before, just really holds us back. You know, it holds us back from more love, from more joy, uh, from more peace, from more harmony, from more connection. And so having outlets for these stored emotions, emotions that were suppressed earlier in life because we just didn't know how to deal with them or we, we were too scared to deal with them because we were scared of feeling really intense things in our body. It's like, yeah, now there's these outlets, whether it is a more gentle form like a cacao ceremony or whether it is a potentially a bit of a more intense experience with breath work. It's like there's these spaces to let these stored emotions, I like to call it frozen energy, um, because energy is meant to move, as you said. Mm -hmm. Anything is meant to move. Like, and, and to me, kids are such amazing examples of this, you mm -hmm. know, because, you know, I have nieces and nephews. When they take a, a good tumble, like, they cry, you know, like, it, it, you know, it, it seems to bring up like fear, uncertainty, you know, kind of like some trauma in their body. And so they cry it out. <laughs> and then when they're done crying, they're kind of like, okay, well, now I can go like, 
you know, build something if I want to, like, you know, they let that energy move. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember even recently, one of my nephews, like he literally went from crying to like wonder and joy in like a half a second, <laughs> yes. just because of, you know, it's like when you go with the energy, like it can move that fast. Like, that's why sometimes like really intense crying sadness can shift to laughter in a second too. You know, it's like, yes. um, and so, yeah, you know, to me, the breath work and the cacao ceremonies are these outlets to let that stored energy, the things that are weighing us down to finally have a chance to move up and out. So they don't have to be in a place where they continue to weigh us down in life. So, so thank you for speaking in so much detail to, to what you've seen with breath work and yeah, that yeah. balance, like, yeah. I guess I forget to mention because I'm so accustomed to like deep bliss and ecstasy in my life now that 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 is like the first place a lot of people find this you like euphoric state um, that's really accessible. This thing that we breathe all day, every day can can really tap us into this place very naturally. And it's also like the people that I watch struggle the most with breath work or judge it a bad experience, if you will are the people that really aren't ready to look at themselves and be with themselves. And that's, but that's the people that I notice um, seem to be traumatized with the plant medicine journey or with any like healing modality. It's the relationship that they enter it with and the willingness and readiness to like really be with themselves deeply. And some people it's not the time and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's why I let people struggle on the mat and why I let people not want to breathe or lay down and take a nap for an hour or just resist because that is the experience. That is the medicine. That is the learning. And on the other side of that, if you decide to like lean into that, lean into what you're doing and send the breath, send the breath to that place. That's resisting, send the breath down into your hips, out, out the crown of your head, send it to the place that's dark. That's whispering that wants to hide. And if you do what's on the other side is euphoria. Like you wouldn't believe until it's happening. And it's, it's the whole point is that you're not just sad right now because this thing is happening in your life. You're not just mad right now. You are always a whole human being. You are always capable of every emotion, of every understanding, of every experience. It's just a matter of zooming out to see it, it's all there and not being stuck in the mind. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can totally see it just because I've been through breath work and uh, in groups before. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like it's everybody, everybody, you know, like you said, they can, they get to moderate, like they can keep going with the the breath instructions that are being given and, you know, given in the class or the group, or if they want, you know, like you said, they can just kind of stop and do their own thing. You know, they get to decide what's right for them. And I've always seen in the classes that I've been in that, yeah, if someone really needs some support, a reminder to breathe because they're actually getting stuck and not breathing, like that's what the instructor's there for, to be like, okay, yes. I know whatever you're feeling right now, it feels like a lot. And the key to let it move is to breathe. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Breathe. You know, so that's the beauty of having an instructor present because sometimes even in a breathwork class, like, the intense emotion comes up and the automatic response is, I don't want this. Right. And so it's freeze, don't breathe. Right. And so that's the beauty of an instructor is like, okay, whatever's going on, like, let's, let's breathe. Yes, <laughs> let's exactly. Breathe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Keep moving. Yeah. yeah. Creative blocks, trauma, yeah. just 
things you don't even have words for it's all yeah. it's all there and you never know what's gonna happen again you can set an intention and five minutes later it could be totally different yeah yeah and then just to your point yeah I've definitely I've definitely had some amazing bliss and euphoric experiences in breath work myself so yeah I can attest to that as well so I mean thank you for doing the work that you're doing <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure sure that, what's that it's my pleasure yeah, I mean, I'm sure anyone who's listening, I would imagine they can sense just how powerful the work that you're doing mm-hmm. is uh, and how, yeah, just what it means for the human experience. Because I do believe, I actually just listened to an interview the other day and uh, it was it was an interview with Martha Beck and she's this amazing coach and you could say spiritual teacher and author and um, she was saying in the interview that she's interviewed people all over the world, you know, cause mm-hmm. I think she's been doing her coaching work for about 30 years. She referenced 30 years in the interview and she has a number of books out. And uh, she said, you know, she's interviewed people all over the world, like all over the world. And what it comes down to is every, which the, the common thread she's seen through all her interviews is that every human being wants to experience more freedom, more mm-hmm. love, more peace, and more joy. And yeah, breath work, I've had, (laughs) I've had access to more joy. I've had access to more peace. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, you know, freedom, because, you know, on the other side of a release, to me, there's freedom. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I see both, I see both breath work and cacao work as just really amazing options on the path to more of what, I mean, I, I can't imagine any human being deep down, you know, no matter what's going on in their life, I would imagine deep down, because I know that every human being has a soul, like, I just, I don't have any questions about that. So at the deepest level, you know, where, where the soul really exists and emanates from, it's like, yeah, there is that yearning for more love, more peace, more freedom, more joy. And so to me, these are just two beautiful options on the, on the path to experience more, more of that in one's life. <laughs> yes oh I so agree and I also want those things (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean she calls it a yearning you know Mm. she um she says you know on this path uh you know on this path whether you want to call it awakening or you know self-development or whatever she says you know on this path you may not get what you think you want Mm. but you'll get what you yearn for Mm. and that's what she said that's what she says is the yearning that she's noticed like People have all different kinds of wants, but the mm-hmm. yearning that she mm-hmm. sensed from people all over the world, the yearning is, I want more peace. I want more love. I want more freedom. I want more joy. So she says, mm-hmm. on this path, you may not get what you think you want, but you will get what you yearn for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels so true. And everyone I know that has really stepped into their gifts, you with your channeling and even just who you be, as you step into more of your authentic self and everyone that we know in our medicine family and all around in my community, the more in touch with their gifts they are, it's because they follow the nudges of those yearnings that you just talked about. That really is the core of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Just thank you for taking the time to share your experiences. And um, I love that you have a background in nursing because I feel that it allows you to speak to this with a lot of scientifics and yes. 
yeah. uh, which I know is helpful for a lot of people because again, yeah. you know, we all have different preferences. Yes. For me, I've always been heart. So like, I don't really need to know the science a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah. I just feel the energy and like my intuition says yes. But yeah. I know a lot of people like they, they really do want to know the science and you know right. that's important to them. Right. Like that is right. how they, that's a part of their intuitive process. You could say is right. having more of a scientific understanding. And so right. I love that you have this, this background so that you can speak using scientific terms within yes. just, just a way that I feel like a lot of people would first and foremost be like, Oh, okay. Like I, I know what she's talking about. And she, I mean, I can tell, you know, what you're talking about. So um, just in terms of the scientific, so I'm sure other people will pick that up too. And I had this, I don't know, I just had this feeling about you. Are you okay if I share it? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, I just in listening to you talk again with the marriage of like the science with the energy, you know, like the science with the feeling, which is such a beautiful marriage, which I know will serve a lot of people, does and will continue to serve a lot of people. I just had this sense you're like this emerging, I mean, Zach Bush, do you know Dr. Zach Bush? Yes, I love him. Yeah, like I feel like you're, you have like a similar energy where like mm -hmm. you're going to be this person that can speak to these beautiful, I mean, you do, you can, you do, you speak to these beautiful things about energy and consciousness and somatics and just the awakening path. And you have a strong scientific background. So like, as I've heard you speak today, I just feel like you're going to be like this other breakout star because uh, <laughs> people love him because he does understand the spiritual metaphysical beyond what we can see world. Like mm -hmm. he does understand that and he can speak scientifics all day long, every day. Yes. And so I know that's why a lot of people love him. I just got a sense like, Ooh, people are going to love you for like, the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> yay. Oh my God. What a great, like next stuff yeah. to be on I love yeah. that thank you yeah I just I sensed a similar energy I'm like oh mm -hmm. I know why people love him and I feel like you have something that just mm -hmm. um, it's it's your own of course but the, mm -hmm. I, I just see like a similarity to where it's like you have a beautiful marriage of mm -hmm. of how you can speak to things and I, I yeah. feel like a lot of people are gonna to love that as you continue yeah. to spread your uh, your energy and your presence in the world <laughs> I love leaning into what I naturally have in my arsenal to be the bridge of trust. Like yeah. it, I can't judge what makes another person trust or not trust. I yeah. just know that it, whatever works, I'm here to be that yeah. to get people where they're going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for everything mm -hmm. you've shared today. It's been so special. It's definitely been in my joy to, to have this conversation and just hear more of your experiences Cause yeah, even I didn't know a lot of this stuff just because again, it's like, yeah, when we meet at these retreats, we just instantly connect and we're just talking about all of these beautiful, you know, like spiritual metaphysical things. And, yeah, you know, we don't tend to ask those questions about, like, <laughs> you know, what, what was your awakening? Like we kind of, right. you know, we just, we just connect in the moment. So yeah. it's really cool yeah. to have a space to, to hear some of the background so thank you again. Just it's been valuable for me on that level because I'm like, oh, I like I know more about your the story that's led you to where you are, which is, you know, mm -hmm. it's fun for me to need, know these things. And then I'll just ask, you know, so if people they want to know where to find you online, because you know, that's typically 
when listening to a podcast, they're typically going to find you online. So uh, yeah. <laughs> how can people find you? Yeah. So my website is rnrecoveryroom.com. Okay. All the healthcare themes. My Instagram handle is also rnrecoveryroom. And you can find me by just finding my name on Facebook. I mostly just post events. I'm a very boots to the ground kind of girl. Um, but yeah, we'll be having lots more events in the San Diego area. I also travel around and collaborate a lot with people. So plant medicine, breathwork, sacred rage, my core offering, adults having tantrums in a very healthy, responsible way. Uh, lots of lots of happenings, but um, the website has a list of my events and offerings, rnrecoveryroom.com. And it also has all my contact info. So people want to personally message me. I, I love, love, love one-on-one so much and everything that I offer one-on-one, that depth, that intimacy is my jam. So. Hmm. Wow. So RN as in registered nurse. Yes. Recoveryroom.com. Correct. Exactly. Perfect. (laughs) And so those who are listening, it'll be in the show notes. So you don't have to remember it or write write it down. It will be in the show notes, but it's just always nice to, I mean, this is how, this is how we get the show notes, right? We have them speak it so then we can then write it down. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, thank you again so much. This has been a privilege and honor. And yeah, I'm just, I'm excited for people to know more about your story, what you offer, how you're helping and just to feel your energy. Because It's like, I remember the first time that we met in person because we had connected like through Facebook and like yeah. the first time I met you, I was like, is this real? Like, yeah, same, <laughs> same. Like, it's real. Like you're even more magical in person. Yes, than <laughs> yes, exactly. I had the exact same experience. It was just like, oh, gooey. So yeah. perfect. Yeah. Thank you for receiving me. And thank you for being such a beautiful extractor and complimenter of what we're doing together. <laughs> yeah yeah my pleasure and yeah again I'm just excited to get just more of your energy more of mm-hmm. your the modalities that you offer and the stories that you bring mm-hmm. uh, yeah I'm just excited to help get it out into the world so mm-hmm. thanks for being here yeah. thanks for agreeing to be all the way in your human body on this earth <laughs> <laughs> yeah to, to the human journey <laughs> <laughs> every step <laughs> yeah and uh yeah. Uh, I mean, is there anything, any last thing I'm just feeling in this moment, anything you just want to share with whoever listens to this podcast at any point, like one way I like to frame it is if you could tell yourself maybe like one to three things, let's say, you know, seven, eight years ago, mm-hmm. maybe just before your awakening, just when your awakening was starting, mm-hmm. what would you want that person to know? Like seven or eight years ago, that version of yourself, like, what would you tell them? Don't worry about having it all make sense or be in linear fashion. And don't worry about making sure your mind grabs every little bit of it along the way. Just allow yourself to really feel the yes and no and honor that yes and no every step as you're learning, as you're growing, as you're connecting with other human beings. Just really trust the yes and no and stick to it. And allow it to change. Allow your mind, your beliefs to change as you know better, do better. Mm. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. The allowing. <laughs> yeah. The allowing. Yeah. yeah. Allowing the the new versions, the new experience of self, you know, to emerge. And uh, 
the old versions yeah. have taught us what they need to teach us, you know, to fall away so to make yeah. space for those those new versions. I love that. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Death and rebirth all day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, thank you again. Um, thank you. Everyone, this has been Caitlin Rain. And again, you can find her information in the show notes. So so blessed to know you, Caitlin Rain. And I'm excited to see what's next for both of us and just how we continue to show up in each other's lives. I'm excited. Thank you. I love you, brother. Yes. Love you too. <laughs> Thank you oh so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Restore Yourself podcast. Again, I am your host, Timothy Patrick. It really means so much to me anytime any any single human being takes the time out of their day to listen to an episode of this podcast and if you found value in this episode or any of the previous episodes please feel free to share them i'm doing this to get the word out that there are so many tools so many modalities so many ways that we can bring more ease and grace and restoration to our human path here on earth So yeah, if you feel inclined to share, please do so. And if you would like to connect with me, your host, uh, in more ways, you can find (laughs) my information in the show notes as well. You'll find my email, my website, other places you can connect with me on social media. So you're always welcome to do that too. And just sending you so much love, so much light, so many blessings on your path today and every single day going forward. 